0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Live Loud Life Podcast. Um, I'm Antonio. You, I'm your host of the Live Loud Life Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about some training principles here. Um, and we're just going to dive right into it. We don't have a lot of uh, housekeeping or anything like that. Oh, this is a small note. It has nothing to do with training, but we do have a short mini course out. For those of you who are uh, pregnant right now, or if your partner's Pregnant, we have a little mini course on teaching you how to not suck at giving your pregnant partner a massage. We believe heavily on being able to offer some body work at home to help with the aches and pains that your partner might be having. But not only that, like it, it really helps you guys um, increase your relationship and your bond during this time, which sometimes things can feel a little weird or a little off being pregnant. Um, But not only that, it helps with the birth preparation process. So having additional hands-on care in between our sessions, or if you're not even seeing a chiropractor, an acupuncturist, or prenatal massage, having that hands-on care really helps with the, the preparation of labor and delivery. So if you are interested in that, if you're pregnant now and you want your partner to not suck, you could get this for them and say, hey, watch this. It'll literally tell you what to do. If you want to be proactive in your Partner is pregnant, and you want to be able to facilitate and help out with that, then that'd be an awesome thing for you to just get on your own and follow through. It's short; it's a two-hour course. We go through some anatomical landmarks that teach you, you know, where to press, how to press, what to do, um, how, you know, how to be safe and effective, so on and so forth. So, um, if you're curious about that, we'll throw a link in the show notes for that, um, and we will also be we'll also put it up on our website, which is Live Loud Life. Dot com, uh, and we have it spread across all of our social media accounts as well. We're most active on Instagram. Handle is live.loud.life. And then obviously on Facebook, you can find us pretty easily as well. But today, what we're going to be talking about is accessory exercises. So oftentimes, we get into this... Uh, some refer to it as like the rehab purgatory or corrective exercise purgatory, so on and so forth, meaning we overemphasize the importance of needing to be able to do basic things before you can do complex things. Now, in theory, and just from surface face value, that makes sense, right? That, that 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 makes sense. We need to be able to handle a lighter load before a heavier load or simple things before more complex things. Um, but what we wanted to walk through today is, you know, how do you apply these accessory exercises, corrective exercises, and when should you be advancing these? And when should you be continuously um, including them and kind of just more like the philosophical foundation as to like why we do a lot of these things. Now, as always context is most important, right? When you're talking about these exercises, Being able to apply them at the right time, in the right place, with the right load, with the right intensity is what makes things really hard, right? And for many coaches or or rehab professionals, that's kind of the art behind it of understanding the individual and where they're at, so on and so forth. And so when you're talking about applying it to yourself, it gets a little bit more... Uh, not confusing per se, but just a little bit more difficult, not having someone to kind of like have that external view of knowing what might be best for you. But as you start to learn your body more and more, you'll start to understand where your deficits are and where your strengths are and where we need to spend a little bit more time and tension. But, But what we're trying to provide here, if you will, is in giving these corrective exercises or these accessory movements, oftentimes, we're trying to enhance and improve the proprioceptive awareness that we have for our body. Now what is proprioception? Proprioceptin is essentially your body's understanding of where it is in time and place. So for instance, right now, I my body understands that I'm sitting on a bench. And uh, right now I'm trying to be mindful of my posture, Uh, not only because it's a little bit more comfortable, but it also looks a little bit more pleasant than me just slumping in front of a microphone, right? So my body has this awareness of like kind of how I feel and what my posture and position is. Another example would be my shoulders down by my side. My shoulders up above overhead. Now, because I've done a, a, a good amount of shoulder rehab and strength, and you know, focus and intention, I know that my range of motion outside of me hitting these massive earphones is pretty much at full flexion or abduction where my biceps pretty much on my ear. For a lot of us who don't do that a lot, when we go through these range of motion exercises, and I say lift your hands up overhead and they get to here and you know, I might ask like, hey, do you feel like your arms are reaching towards the ceiling or as far up as they can or at full range of motion, you know, whatever the question might be. And they'll say yeah and I'm like well, you're actually only at about 100 and maybe 50 or 160 degrees, we wanna be at 180. And so you show them that difference of 30 degrees of what they thought they actually had and they they get very perplexed or confused because like oh my gosh I thought I, I thought my arm was straight up overhead right so you so we see that there's a lack of understanding and proprioceptive awareness about their shoulder complex at least in that context of moving the arm up overhead so that's that's just an example now other ways we could think of proprioception is like a balancing exercise right uh, doing like a single leg balance um We've taken off a point of contact. So now it's more challenging for your body to balance on a stable or on, on a stable surface such as the ground, which is one foot. So your body's proprioceptive awareness feels itself tipping forward, backwards, and side to side. And it's making these micro adjustments and corrections to keep you balanced. Now, this is a really important concept because oftentimes these corrective exercises and accessory movements fall into this category, not not just balance in general, but the greater concept of proprioception of how to fine-tune our motor control to elicit the output that we want, right? Because when we're talking about... Fitness or exercise or working out or training or even sport, you are intentionally trying to do something. You're intentionally trying to create a movement. You're intentionally trying to push, pull, squat, you know, whatever as an outcome, right? So there is a motor control component to this. And the way in which we do that, control being the key word here, dictates. Efficiency dictates strength, dictates power, dictates elegance, poise, whatever that might be if you're talking even about something like dancing, right? And so the more repetitions you do, obviously your ability to fine tune that motor control enhances. Now, if we're at a deficit for whatever reason, let's say easiest example would be you had an injury, right? The motor control component of that region, and could be even globally, diminishes slightly because you now have um, a broken kind of link in the chain, if you will. So when we're talking about gross motor movement, gross meaning like full body movements, and this goes beyond the thing that I get oftentimes irritated because it's overused, it does make sense, but it is overused in the context of it is everything's connected to everything, right? Like if your pinky toe is broken, it's going to affect the way that your left shoulder moves or something like that. Yes, you can make a strong argument for that. But what what we mean realistically though, is just like our body feeds off of other regions, right? So, An example would be if I'm going to kick a soccer ball, I'm running. So both feet are running. So you know, classic movement that everyone does. But as I come to approach the ball based on the target, so now I have visual acuity problems here. Like I have to Fine tune and and focus on something. So I now have to look at the ball and look at my target, and I have to know where the ball is while the ball is moving, and I have to be able to place my foot in the position that I want it to hit based on where I want it to go against the target. All of while I have to be able to plant the opposite foot in a position that allows me to be stabilized so that I can torque about my. My uh, stance leg, my hip, and then my torso pivots around. So you can see there's a lot of moving parts when you're talking about these kind of complex movements. And If I had an ankle sprain on either side, more importantly, if it was on my plant side, which is where I'm gonna be absorbing all of my force as I'm decelerating from running, that's going to affect how all of this stuff comes into play. So when you have an injury, we revert back oftentimes to these quote unquote corrective exercises or accessory movements to regain what was lost as a result of the injury. Now, it doesn't always have to be an injury. It could be compliancy, right? I go through based on the season of life. I do a lot of the same things over and over because it's effective for what I need right now. There's a lot of there's a lot of holes and gaps within that because I don't do a lot of extra accessory correctives. I kind of do, you know, main compound lifts to to suffice for what I need right now based on time, um, you know, goals so on and so forth or or, or, or maintenance. Now, when because of that compliancy of doing the same thing over and over, which is not wrong, right? There's no wrong or right here. I will develop tightness in certain areas because I may be sitting down filming more content or editing content. Um, I might develop, um, you know, hyper mobility in some areas because I'm doing the same thing over and over and I get compliant with the movement and not having as much intention into it. These are just, you know, kind of rough examples if you will. And so we see oftentimes we get this like creep of, uh, uh, of situations coming in, whether it's hypermobility or tightness or something like that. And thus, then we need to address those. So oftentimes that's what we see in our office. And, and, and oftentimes, because these aren't really like overuse injuries, although they can be we see someone come into our office with these like kind of dull aches and pains. It's nothing really significant that would elicit like, hey, we have significant tissue damage or an injury, but because of the compliance of what we've been doing more times than not, really, it's tension. We've developed tension in certain areas. And then that tension affects how we're able to move with the activities that we like to do Thus, we create altered movement patterns that allow us to still achieve the task, but now we're kind of sh- taking shortcuts, whereas what we were able to do was very efficient and very congruent with how maybe that movement should have been done. And now taking that shortcut, we're trying to just work around the stiffness rather than dealing with it, and now we're creating potentially even more issues down the road. So you got to kind of really rescrape everything down and kind of build it back up. So that's where these accessories or corrective exercises can come back into play. But what happens is we oftentimes focus on they need to be correct. In order for you to then progress to the next level. And in my mind, while that is true and beneficial, we do need to go to that next level, I think sooner than we think, to give the body context of to why the correctives or the exercise accessories are important and how it's how it's building that path or that stepstone to the thing that you actually want to do. And so very often, And that's where we look at progressions and regressions within, you know, movement patterns. So, you know, as an example, we could say, hey, someone wanted to get back to, um, you know, Olympic lifting and doing like a barbell snatch. Well, there's an overhead squat component. There's obviously um, uh, uh, an element of being able to be stable with your arm overhead while you're descending into an overhead squat, which means that barbell is gonna be shifting and your center mass is gonna be changing. So obviously there's a lot of complex things in that. And if you've suffered a shoulder injury and that's what you want to get back to, we have to find some ways in which the corrective exercises are going to help build you up to that. So, you know, it might not be overhead snatching right away, but a landmine press might feel fantastic and not elicit any pain. And that is similar similar to us being able to have a locked out overhead shoulder position and I can transition my body into in a way in which my arm feels like it's more overhead, creating that compressive stability through the shoulder. And we can add that with, you know, a half lunge position or something like that. So it's not the same, right? It's not the same, but this can be considered an accessory or a corrective exercise leading up then to overhead squats and snatches and things like that, right? So the, the nomenclature of accessories and corrective exercises doesn't simply just mean, you know, foam rolling or, uh, you know, isolated um, banded exercises or things like that. While that is a component of it and good, those could almost be more considered as like, like warm-up exercises where we're priming the nervous system, we're releasing tension within certain areas so that the joints can move through the range of motion that we want to then perform the exercises that we need. Right, so, and 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 I don't want people to get caught up in the, um, you know, the the semantics of like what we're trying to uh, name these things, right? Because I think that gets confusing. Um, what I want you to more so focus on is what where are the real deficits that you that you need, and can we build? right? Like a ladder or stepping stones to help you rebuild from that. And it is a constant game of going up and down. We use the, I use the, the concept is like the game shoots and ladders commonly. You're going to climb up and then you're going to come down because you're always trying to find out like where that next threshold is of being able of your capabilities. And when you, when you're knocking on that door, there's a few times where you backslide a little bit and you'll get a little bit of aches and pains or, um, or, 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 you know, whatever that is. And And that's okay, because then you know, okay, well, that path got me there fairly quickly, so I can recreate that path again, go back to the corrective exercises, the lifting patterns, the intensity, the the sets and rep schemes that I did, and then you just need to micro-adjust whatever possibly caused you to go down. And that could just be simply recovery or something like that. doesn't mean you didn't necessarily anything wrong from a lifting or training perspective. It might have just been a recovery perspective. But I think adding these accessories and corrective exercises consistently throughout is beneficial because the compliance factor that we had indicated before. And all this again, comes back down to goals, right? What are the goals that you wanna be able to do? What are the pain points that you actually have? Um, And if there's things that are limiting you from being able to progress to those goals and so on and so forth, then yeah, those are the things you need to address. But from a timing perspective, you know, corrective exercises might be the thing that you need to focus on the most, right? When you're dealing with a certain season of life in a certain area and you're having more pain or discomfort or whatever that is, but yet you need, quote unquote, you need to train. And we, we hear this a lot, which is, which is, there's nothing wrong with it. Like for my mental sanity, I need to go train. That is great. But we have to also, you know, take into consideration what training really is, right? Training from a from a global scheme, it involves a lot of things. It's not just, you know, rubber hitting the road and pounding it, right? That is an element. And it's great to do intense workouts and push yourself to the edge. But there might be a time and a place where you need to focus a little bit more on the correctives and the accessories to help clean up some of the gaps or the limitations or some of the sticky spots that's then not allowing your rubber-to-the-road training to be as effective, right? And what is it going to be? Well, I mean, you could go on Google or YouTube and type in accessory exercises for the shoulder or corrective exercises for the back of the hip, and you will get bombarded with a ton of exercises and information. That might be an awesome place to start. I mean, we post that same content on YouTube to hopefully help someone find a little piece of nugget of information out there that could make all the difference. Wonderful. Saves you a ton of time, um, money from going in. Um, But that might not always be the case, right? Like we throw that out there just like, Hey, you know, this is something to try, but if you're really at this breakpoint of mentally struggling with what to do or anything like that, it really helps having someone just go through an evaluation and realistically the, the cost and the time that it takes to get that pinpoint evaluation and the exact information that you need to make the change really saves you a lot of time and money in the end as well. So, you know, it really just kind of depends on the person. Like I am, I am guilty to a fall being a DIYer and trying it till I just run my head into a wall. And then I'm like, okay, I can't do it. I need to reach out to a professional, right? There's nothing wrong with that. And if you want to try that with your body, I love that. Like exploring and trying to figure it out. That again, comes back to the whole concept of proprioception and awareness. The more you can explore your own body's range of motion, strength capabilities, proprioceptive, balance, you know, all those things, the more input you're going to have and the more general awareness you're going to have so that when something is awry, you know, well, I can fix this or I can't fix this or I know what to at least try and I know like kind of what avenue to at least go down so that when you then hit up a professional if you need it, you can, you, hey, this is what's going on. And I know what's going on because of this, 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 and this. And we're like, that makes my life awesome. That makes my life so much easier. And that's awesome. I like, sweet, I see where you're at. Let me see if there's anything else that you might've missed from just like a, you know, cause I can do more um, uh, motion palpation and trying to figure out like specific joint range limitations, so on and so forth, if you're in the office. And and, and then we just kind of combine all that information together. But I'm a huge fan of that. And that's, that's you know, half the reason why we're having this exact same conversation, again, coming back to the awareness, the proprioception model, and using correctives or accessories to help facilitate that. Now, again, very broad examples, but let's use some examples here of, or or or, um, uh, principles or philosophies but let's use some specific examples to see if that helps kind of clear things up. So the shoulder, right? One of the more obviously complex joints out there. So what would some accessory or correctives look like? Well, traditionally we see, and this gets demonized, so I apologize because I'm going to then kind of do that again, but banded exercises where we're simply just doing like external rotation with a band pulling like this, internal rotation pulling like this, and then it might be there. Those are really good actually, right? They can be fantastic for priming the nervous system that's activating the rotator cuff. Um, uh, it, it creates uh, torsion uh, and some compressive load depending on the angle and distractive load um, in the shoulder complex, which can help build up the resiliency of the tendons and the connective tissue, which again, fantastic. Um, but it cannot be like the only thing it needs to be expanded upon. So for instance, we can take that same concept and crossover symmetry or just wall mounted bands or cable machines are great because now I can do more complex movements where I might be doing like a face pull. So I'm, I'm grabbing cables that might be crossed, and I'm going to uh, pull them up kind of towards my face. So I'm creating external rotation as I'm coming into abduction and a little bit of flexion of my shoulder. So that's a really good way to take that same concept and then add on to another level. Now, going above and beyond that is how do we, again, continue to strengthen the rotator cuff? Well, the rotator cuff is expanded upon and strengthened through compressive and distractive load. So we can can then take that same concept and then maybe add it to like a TRX where I'm using my body weight and that body weight is trying to traction my arm. So I'm strengthening the rotator cuff through that and I can do a face pull there. So I'm taking a higher load from the cables or the bands and doing it more complex because now I'm adding a, a dynamic plank as I'm holding my body, you know, still, and I'm pulling that up through. From there, compressive loads, right? Well, I don't need to go through an external rotation per se, but I can then add a crawling movement where I'm going through translation as I'm crawling against the ground, and I'm going to be having a compressive force. And as I'm crawling, one hand has to go through kind of flexion and abduction as I go above my head, and then it's gonna pull down using a little bit more watts than the, than the upper back per se, but it's going to be activating the rotator cuff to maintain good shoulder centration as I translate and pivot over my body over my shoulder right so it's a completely different type of movement now this would all be indicative of like well what what would I need something like this for? Well it would depend you know very much on the sport these are very common things that we do for boot camp goers crossfitters so on and so forth even just weekend warriors as you're talking about activities that you might be doing outdoors, right? Like rock climbing or mountain biking or anything like that. These are great just proprioceptive movements that can be used as accessories and and or correctives to enhance your awareness and and capabilities around the shoulders. Then, of course, we would want to strengthen the shoulders through push-ups or TRX rows or pull-ups or military press, so on and so forth. But we sprinkle some of these in to make it challenging, but to, again, just put your body in a position in which it does not have a choice, but to get that information and, and enhance upon its proprioception and, again, awareness, coming back to that same thing. So oftentimes when we're programming or giving these they're kind of just sometimes they seem silly, but they're sometimes they're just fun. But again, they're they're intended to be kind of challenging and novel because that's where you're gonna be getting new information. The compliancy, coming back to that. When you do the same thing over, that information comes back to your head and your body's like, Oh, yeah, I've seen that before. This it's all good. I know what to do. Which is great. Cause when you get to that subconscious level, when you're looking at like the learning model, you don't know what you don't know. You now know that you don't know. You're making intentional decisions to change that. And then it becomes some subconscious where you the changes that you were trying to elicit now are just done automatically so yeah there's a certain element of skill and and knowledge that you've just done it so many times but it's good to change to, to change the system, right? It's good to shock the system and just give it a little bit of novel information so that it becomes new and then your body actually has to pay attention and process it. And that's really what we're looking at and what we're trying to do. So if you're adding corrective, sex, corrective exercises or accessories in this manner, that's fantastic. Keep going, mix it up. Um, if you're not, more this episode is, again, more for you. I think it's a great thing to add. And again, if you don't know what to do, you can start with Google, you can start with YouTube, you can start with a consult with someone and they can give you better suited movements for you, your goals, aches and pains, so on and so forth. But again, as I say before, as I said before, We love encouraging the exploration model of trying to figure out how your body actually moves, um, so on and so forth, and then see where you get and then, you know, ask for a little bit of help to go above and beyond that, if you will. So, I hope this was beneficial. It was a reminder to myself that I need to add more of these correctives um, and and just kind of, you know, get back to the exploration play model of figuring out my body and then still, you know, reverting back to the, the basics and the foundation, the bread and butter of compound lifts, squats, deadlifts, swings, cleans, military press, so on and so forth because those offer so much bang for your buck that if you're doing those, you have more time to then go through this exploration model. Where, whereas, not again, not wrong, you're kind of classic bodybuilding where you're hitting certain regions of your body with a lot of different exercises throughout, that takes a lot more time. If that's your goal, nothing wrong with that. You know, bulk up, that's awesome. But if you're someone who's trying to, which again is more so speaking to the population that we treat, Family, kids, busy, if you're trying to like kind of pack these things in, the compound lifts that we just described, you get a lot more out of those full body movements. And then you have a little bit more extra time to spend on the correctives and accessories, if you will. So I hope this was beneficial. Please make sure to like, subscribe, and share if you're digging this. Uh, make sure to follow us on social media as we indicated. Um, uh, on Instagram, live.loud.life. Uh, you can check out our website as well where we have a lot of this um, content also in blog form depending on how you just want to consume the information that's going to be helping you. And that's liveloudlife.com. Live no dots in between. Liveloudlife.com. So thanks for tuning in, guys. Live loud. See you next time.